He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> All right, we're back with another history of. Oh yeah, these ones people have been loving since before our little sad hiatus. So I think people will be excited that they're back. I'm nervous. I'm nervous because you didn't even tell me the topic today. <laughs> well, I'm nervous because I'm the one that has to deliver the topic. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit rusty. <laughs> it's okay. Remember, think back to two years ago when we came up with this mess. We put messy in the title for a reason. Right. It was like, it was our get out of jail free card. Right. So up. You Oh, it's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Are you ready for the topic? I don't know. I'm very nervous. I don't know what it's going to be. The history of cocaine in Victorian medicine. Oh, well now. I'm getting flashbacks to our interview with Violet Fenn. Right. Remember? She talked about that sort of stuff. Uh, It was like vampires in Victorian era. I can't remember. Something like that. I obviously am a little bit obsessed with this era because I did another Victorian era history of Um, I thought you were going to say I'm a little bit obsessed with cocaine. I was like, okay, this is getting too real. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, you know, as you get older and by older, I mean like late mid to later twenties, early thirties, you realize two things. And one is that cheese is really fucking expensive. (laughs) And two is that everyone does cocaine. (laughs) Or at least tries it. Yeah. Although don't do it to these days, kids with that fentanyl going around, not worth it. Yeah. Don't. I actually had a friend who died by doing a line of what he thought was cocaine and it ended up being fentanyl. So do not do it. Do not touch any no. chemicals. If it comes from the well, earth, mushrooms and so, weed, my friends. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. And, and wine, grapes, right? Um, well, you know, there was, cocaine, wine for me. there was cocaine wine. Well, isn't that, I'm sure you'll tell us, but isn't that the rumor about Coca-Cola too is why it took off is because, but when you first read this subject, I thought it was going to be the history of uh, just cocaine, which I would have found interesting too, especially because of all the fentanyl stuff right now. Um, but what is when this, you my, added a layer. Is that my university thesis? Like, do you know how long it would take me to do history of cocaine? <laughs> yeah. It's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. But no, I think you're taking a more interesting angle because you're going to tell us how it was used in actual medicine, like to help people. Right. And I think everyone wow. knows that cocaine does have a history in medic- with medicinal purposes. It's a numbing agent. Um, from what I hear, if you rub a little bit on your gums, your mouth goes numb. From what I hear. Well, uh, yeah, right. I-, I had never heard that about cocaine, that it had medicinal properties. Now, I didn't know that about crystal meth. <laughs> And they oh. gave crystal meth to soldiers in the first war to ke- keep them going. A lot of a lot of chemical drugs are, and technically, I mean, cocaine, you could argue that it is natural because it comes from a plant. But, you know, yeah, yeah. a lot of them do stem in a medicinal purpose. I knew ecstasy was originally given to women to help combat postpartum, uh, postpartum disorder. Well, hey. And for depression, <laughs> ecstasy was. Yeah. I, the reason is, is it gets to a point where it goes out of the medically controlled environment and then people start yeah. abusing it or they just didn't know what the long term effects were going to be because it was something so new. And that's kind of what happened in this era. So I'm going to go over 
basically the first time that cocaine kind of came to the scene. Now, before I start this, I will state that indigenous people have been using cocaine for thousands of years in a lot of their ceremonies and stuff through the cocoa plant. The Incans used to use it. I'm going to go over all of this. Anyways, let me start. Wait a minute. I already have a question. Is the cocoa plant the same that we get chocolate from? I have no idea. Oh, come on. I thought you were the expert on this topic. It's coca, whereas I think oh, right. it's cacao. You're right, I think. Yeah, cow-cow. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. I'm going to Google this while you start. Right. So like I said, indigenous people have been using cocaine for thousands of years before it was first isolated. So you don't, you can't just like take the, well, I guess you can chew on the plant because that's what they used to say people do when they, in the fields, when they harvest cocaine is they chew the plant and get high. But oh. it does have to be um, isolated from the plant, the cocaine part of it, in a in like a chemi- chemist environment. So oh, wow. German chemists first started doing that around 1850s. I wonder how they figured, like, it's like anything, right? How did they they learn from the indigenous? That? They learned from the indigenous people and they were chemists, right? So they probably looked at this plant, saw how the indigenous people used it, stole it from them. And then looked at it and was like, okay, how can we make this into a powder form? How else can it be ingested? Start experimenting it with it. So so to answer my question, um, they are made from the same plant, but chocolate is made from the seeds and cocaine is made from the leaves. Ah. Both very addictive. And both give you a nice buzz. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the indigenous people, Incans, they used it as a painkiller in early brain surgery. So like these people were performing brain surgeries and using that to help numb patients. So of course, like Europeans are like, it has to be good. Right. And it was good, but I just don't think people realize how good it is. (laughs) How good of a time it is. Exactly. Not only did cocaine turn out to be an effective anesthetic, but it reduced bleeding by constricting blood vessels. So people would use it, I guess, maybe with wounds or something. I'm not too sure. There was a guy named Dr. Carl Kohler, and he was a friend of actually Sigmund Freud. Uh, He realized the medicinal power of cocaine when he applied it to his own eyeball and then repeatedly stabbed it with pins. Because Because it it hurt so bad? No, because the cocaine, like if you rub cocaine topically on anywhere, it'll probably go a little bit numb. Like yeah. I said, I mean, wow. you see it in the movies, people rubbing it on their gums. And that's how you always would test in the 80s if it was good shit or not, because if it didn't make your gums numb, you just got baby powder. <laughs> <laughs> um, Freud himself absolutely loved booger sugar. Uh, he, used it, <laughs> he used it to fight his own indigestion and his depression for many years. He even wrote a 70-page report, an official 70-page report. I'm sure he did that like in one setting after snorting a big rail. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's so interesting as you go through this, I'm thinking of what's called the risk reward in medicine. Well, I'll be honest, it's in plastic surgery. So anytime I've gone for a consult to be like, my nose is a little bit crooked. He gives me this lecture about risk reward. Is the risk worth the reward you're going to get? No, Jesse, it's not. I'm not doing your nose. And so this is similar. So it had some good medicinal properties, but was it worth it? Well, they didn't know because they didn't know the long-term effects. This was all brand new. All they knew is there's this amazing thing that numbs pain, all that kind of stuff. So um, hold on, where was I? Okay, yeah. So medical professionals, though, weren't the only ones that wanted to dabble in cocaine and experiment with it. Um, It hit the market in a wine called Van Mariani. 
It was a wine fortified with cocoa leaves, and it was developed by a French chemist in 1863. It was referred to as French cocoa wine, and it proved to be particularly potent. So the alcohol, what the alcohol did was in the wine, it accomplished what the chemists were attempting to do in Germany by pulling the cocaine from the leaf. So they do it, I think, using alcohol and because alcohol evaporates. And that's what that wine did. So it's like taking the leaves, sticking it in there and letting it just soak and soak and soak. Um, Each bottle contained about a teaspoon, like what was equivalent to a teaspoon of cocaine. So that's like what, a a gram? I don't, I have no clue. Um, uh, Well, you know, you know, as you're talking, cocaine is a lot though for one bottle. Well, how big? I was, what, I was just thinking, how big was the pile? Like you see those, sh- you see those commercials. Is it this big? Is it you know? Okay, but, you so know, here I'll put it in perspective for you. It takes okay. about 20 milligrams of cro- cocaine to produce a high. Each bottle of this wine contained approximately 160 milligrams. Okay, wow, that'd be a good time, good night. You wouldn't be sleeping that night, that's for sure. You know who else loved it? The most corrupt of all. The Pope, Pope Leo, the, I don't know how to read Roman numerals. Oh, what does X, it look like? X1118. 13. 13, okay. Pope X Le- is 10. Let's edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> no way. We already gave the disclaimer. It's 2021. I'm sure many people don't know how to read Roman numerals. Yeah. <laughs> but he was so impressed by this wine, this Coke wine, that um, he gave the guy who created it a gold medal and he'd always keep a little hip flask of it with him for easy access. Like I think of Buffy and Cruel Intentions. Remember her necklace? (laughs) Oh yes, yes. At the very end with her little cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So when cocaine was released to the public, um, it was released as a pharmaceutical and it was right after the civil war. So 1861 to 1865. And also there was another Franco-Prussian war from 1870 to 1871. So if you think about that time, what did we learn from war? There's a lot of injury veterans come back injured. They come back and they, a lot of them were hooked on morphine. Okay. And yeah. you know, everyone was starting to discover that morphine is not that good for you other than more, uh, weeding off pain. It was extremely addictive. So Mm -hmm. they provided cocaine over the counter because doctors uh, said it encouraged it to fight morphine addiction and alcoholism. So you do one thing to treat another. Exactly. So when cocaine came on the market, it was this like magical cure for everything. It was to help people get away from their addiction issues you know, all that kind of stuff, which makes it's weird because it's like it's you've got cocaine, which we know is a super addictive drug and used to fight morphine, like an addiction for addiction, like you said, is super weird. Well, this reminds me of uh, the episode we just did about my mom and how that was part of the problem is that, you know, they would try to treat one of her problems with another drug that caused another problem. Then you're trying another drug to treat that problem. And it's just a really vicious cycle. Right. It it really is. Um, Thomas, like it was so popular. Thomas Edison did it. Sherlock Holmes. uh, Even the U.S. Surgeon General at the time was promoting this shit. It's like cigarettes. I remember seeing ads back in the day. Marlboro smooth, you know. But this one was like cocaine cures everything. Like that was the feeling of the public. So that you think it cured everything. Exactly. So then it showed up. You could buy it in powder form, of of course. Um, The powder form was claimed that it eliminated dandruff when applied to the scalp (laughs) or treated allergies when inhaled through the nose. Even (laughs) even the hay fever association named cocaine an official remedy for hay fever. 
Did any of this shit have to be tested? What a time to be alive, right? You'd be right. like, no, mom, I'm doing cocaine. It says it's good for headaches. Right, you but <laughs> like, and I keep going back to this point. We didn't know the long-term effects. Yeah. People hadn't been abusing it and using it like that for a long time. So, you know, you know that's why, you know, people are, some people are a little scared about a vaccine because we don't know the long-term effects. It's just a yeah. risk you have to take, you know? Um, although I will say when it comes to the vaccine, like obviously we're so much more advanced and all the testing yeah. that had to happen was major before it hit the market. But um, beauty columns reported that it would cure cold sores when applied to the skin. And I don't oh, think it did. I think it just numbed the pain of the cold sore probably. Yeah, but you'd think it would dry it out even more, right? So Maybe. as soon as the numbing wears off, you'd need even more and even more. Yeah, but like if someone's numb, like if they have a cold sore, then they're not like picking at it or licking it yeah, you or anything it. like yeah. that, right? So they probably did heal faster. Um, mm. It was sold in candies or syrups to fight fatigue, toothaches, and sore throat. Ha! It came in bottles, tablets, wine, powder, cigarettes, which is like almost like smoking crack if you're smoking cocaine. Yeah, uh, is that I, I maybe with, you don't know this question, um, but I don't. Is crack just smoking cocaine? Crack's just I really a, don't know. No, crack is a cooked version of cocaine. So you boil like, it down you have even to, like, more, like boil it down and cook it down and stuff. That's why people okay. are always like cook and crack. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. don't do it. <laughs> but they are they they come from the same like you you could make crack probably out of cocaine. I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly from watching uh, Training Day with Denzel Washington. Was Coke the drug in that show, Breaking Bad? No, that was meth. I never that watched that show. Yeah, okay. that was meth. Did you um, watch that show? Yeah. Breaking Bad? Yeah. Was it good? Oh, yeah, it's really good. It right. also came in like salves, so like rubs, topicals. Um, yeah. And they <laughs> even sold it in syringes for easy injection. Oh, my God. Now that's just too far. Right. <laughs> so you were mentioned Coca-Cola earlier? Yeah. This is where Coca-Cola kind of boomed. So Coca-Cola came from Georgia, like the state of Georgia, um, and it had cocaine in it too. So in 1886, Dr. John Pemberton, he was a biochemist and a Confederate Army veteran. He spent the decades following the war experimenting with painkillers and other compounds for commercial consumption because he had got a saber, like the big fucking sword in a chest in the war and was hooked on morphine and shit for the rest of his life. Um Jesus. Yeah. So wanting to obviously get off the pills and onto the powder, he had some success with his Pemberton's French wine. He also made a cocaine infused wine. But at the time, Fulton County, which is the county in which he was in Georgia, they enacted a temperance legislation in 1886. So that meant no booze. So he was forced to make a non-alcoholic version of the wine. Uh. The wow. wine, yeah, the wine was replaced with soda water and it was sold at drugstores and Coca-Cola was born and they use his recipe still to this day just without the cocaine. Wow. You know, I wonder, do you think they really believed in all these remedies and that it was harmless or was this just a wild time excuse to do this drug? Well, I think they believed in it because it was working. Like when Coca-Cola hit the market with cocaine in it, People will use it as a like morning drink. It said that woke them up and helped them work longer hours with greater focus. It made them feel, quote, wonderful. He actually marketed it as, quote, valuable brain tonic, delicious, refreshing, ah. pure joy, exhilarating. Well, I don't see I don't hear any negatives so far. 
Well, so we're getting we... there. Oh, okay. Well, before you get there, I think it's really interesting though, when you consider that Coke, cane and chocolate are made from the same plant, but that plant is not illegal to own. You can own a cocoa plant. Oh yeah. But you couldn't own a marijuana plant before it was legal. So that's a bit skewed there. I'd never thought about that. I, maybe it's because cocaine has to be processed. Oh, right. And, and weed, you just rip it off and roll. Yeah, it. you could like <laughs> yeah, rip okay. it off and smoke it if you wanted to. Yeah, okay. So it's a little more involved, right? Exactly. Also, like, again, will we ever understand why marijuana was illegal to begin with? No, it was no. never understand. Never understand. So here we are. Everyone's fucking high as a kite. Everyone's ripping rails. Just not in the bathroom, you know, like we have these days. They're probably doing yeah. it all willy-nilly out in the wild. Like, <laughs> you know, hey, buddy, do you got an extra syringe of cocaine for me to inject? Yeah, right, out, right at recess. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's probably skinny. Restaurants are probably losing business because no one's eating. Or making more money because they're buying booze. Right. And that but markup every, is a lot bigger. But everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Until they get in a fight. <laughs> or until they realize that cocaine comes with a whole chunk of long-term side effects. Dun, dun, dun. And this is where the party ends, folks. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad, actually, because I was starting to feel a little bit like, oh, are we promoting cocaine here? Like, <laughs> we need some negatives. Like Rick James said, it's one hell of a drug. Yeah. Yeah. So several years into this cocaine boom, Freud himself, the one who was like, yeah, let's all do blow. Uh, and fuck was, your own mother. Right. Yeah. He was like, you know what? Around 1890s, he's like, I don't think this shit's all it's cracked up to be. He began to observe um, increasingly negative reactions among his own patients and eventually gave it up himself when it began to affect his own performance. And what the big wake-up call was is that he almost killed one of his own patients during a surgery. Because he was too shaky or what? Or he would the long-term effects, like withdrawals, not eating properly, what it does to your heart, what it does to your blood pressure, like all of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Dentists who were huge fans of cocaine because they loved the numbing agent uh, properties of it, they stopped liking it because... While it did help them numb their patient's pain, it also causes tooth decay, oral wounds, oh. and all that kind of gross stuff in your mouth. And back then, like, obviously, dental hygiene was also, like, was not top-notch to begin with. Because right. I was thinking in my head, wouldn't dentists like it if cocaine started to rot the teeth? Because yeah, then they yeah. could be like, you know, there was always that rumor that, like, the dentist industry has like funded sugar companies and shit like that. Oh, that's smart. Right. So they can keep having business. But I mean, back then they just didn't have the technology and stuff. And it probably like tooth infections and stuff can be very dangerous and deadly even. Totally. But that's just back to the thing of treating one problem and causing five more. Exactly. So yeah. by 1891, there were 13 deaths attributed to cocaine in the U.S., as well as countless reported addictions. Finally, they discovered long-term use causes delirium, breathing issues, convulsions, high blood pressure, coma, and cardiac arrest. Woo! So we weren't allowed to shoot syringes and snort lines in the streets anymore as of 1914 cocaine was outlawed and it just became something we all did behind closed doors i didn't realize it was that uh like modern 
I mean, not, you know, it's over a hundred years ago, but just right. in right. my mind, like, well, first of all, the world didn't exist before the eighties, but <laughs> to hear that like, you could do it in the, for, in, in the teens, like I'm going to talk to my grandfather. When was he born? Oh no, he was born 1930. Yeah. So not I get in the old. Victorian era there, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so then everybody stopped doing Coke in year 1914, but then they say it was the roar in twenties after the, but wasn't that uh, alcohol? Flu. Wasn't that more? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Everybody became a drunk. Yeah. And they are saying that as we wind down COVID, like Las Vegas opened up fully, no masks, taking down all the blockades, all the plastic, everything. People that are double dosed, there's been a lot of chatter about allowing uh, U.S. Canadian border to be open to those who are double vaccinated. Um, you know, life is coming back and I can feel the energy starting to shift. And there, people are predicting that we are going to have another sort of roaring 20s. Everyone just wilds out as soon as we're able to. Yeah, I, I believe it. It's because right before COVID, it was sort of the opposite, right? Everybody was staying home and, oh, well, I shouldn't go out. I should save money. And now everybody's going to be balls to the wall. I totally, I can't wait. You know, I'm already seeing some friends announce that they're going back to the office in September. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I laugh because to me, it almost sounds like we're all going back to school at the end of a very long summer break. Yeah, that's how it's going to feel if offices do come back. But I have a friend who works for uh, one of the big insurance companies, and he was telling me that uh, they're saying they may not because they're realizing the overhead of having this huge skyscraper isn't worth it. Yeah, unless you own it or have like a lease agreement or something. Yeah. Yeah. So have you seen any of these articles going around talking about people that are nervous about it and like, I'm not ready to socialize. Those were people that didn't like socializing to begin with. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're just people that have social anxiety and I'm sure their social anxiety is at like an all time high right now because usually like I have some friends that have social anxiety and like one thing that helps them get over it is to like push themselves to kind of get out at least to go, for a, right, yeah, go yeah. for a walk, stuff like that. And Unfortunately, COVID has enabled a lot of people to be able to isolate and mm -hmm. not go out and not do those things because it's like, well, I can't see anyone anyways. You know, you don't have that excuse yeah. to go out as much. So I can see people having a little bit of, you know, or going back yeah. to the office and you haven't seen these people for two years. Right. Yeah. Listen, if you're listening and that's you uh, and you want to cure your social anxiety, we highly recommend cocaine infused no. wine. <laughs> it <laughs> It'll make you chatty, Kathy. Don't worry about it. If you keep talking like this, we're not allowed to post this. We're not going to be able to post this on YouTube. It'll ban us <laughs> for offensive con commentary. We do not well, condone cocaine. No, we're definitely not. Not in this era either. Hell no. Too much bad stuff out there. No. The good news is if we were on any kind of really bad drug, I think people would be able to tell because we'd slowly just look worse and worse and we'd get like sores on your face. I've had a lot. Unfortunately, I've had tons of friends that have either died or have suffered from serious addiction and you notice it you can notice that yeah, their yeah. behavior changes the life just slowly draws out of them and it's not pretty and you know just doing one line depending on your who you are your personality that could lead to tens and 20s or the rest of your lifetime of trying to to, to stay away or battle addiction so don't it's do not it worth it you know i had what friends that all it took was one time honestly honestly. No. So, and you know, one of them's dead. So. 
That's terrible. And, and like we were saying, it's no joke with the fentanyl right now. It's really serious. So like I always say, if it starts with a W, you're good. Wine, weed, women, go nuts. What about the, <laughs> an upside down W, mushroom? <laughs> or mushrooms, like you said, natural. I think that's right. important for many different things. Right. Well, there was our, our history of short but sweet. Cocaine in the Victoria era. Don't do drugs, kids, okay? <laughs> Just drink wine. Cheers. Cheers.